It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in. This is the FPC Chiefs podcast. I'm Braden Holacek the managing editor and writer for Full Press Coverage Chiefs of FullPressCoverage.com. We are now two days away from Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. The, I, I have seen a lot of good uh, points made about these two teams going into this game. Um, you know, there's some units on both these squads that are undervalued a little bit. We're going to talk about that today. Um and then there's also um, the point being made that these are two pretty likable teams, which should make for an even more exciting, I think, Super Bowl game and uh, likable players, a lot of fun um, personalities on each side. So um, really enjoyed seeing some of the media highlights this week and what some of the players and, and even the coaches had to say uh, from both sides. But we'll kind of touch more um, on that later. But um, for the most part, uh, today we're just going to kind of recap some of the articles that uh, I wrote earlier this week and um, also kind of give our final thoughts and, and preview uh, heading into the Super Bowl as this will be the last show before the Super Bowl game. Um, it is sad, obviously, that the football season will be over, whether the Chiefs win or the 49ers win on Sunday night. Um, we'll have to wait another you know, seven months before we see um, NFL regular season football again, but obviously a lot of exciting things coming up in the offseason. There's plenty of big name free agents. Um, we'll get more on that as the offseason comes uh, sooner, you know, with Chris Jones uh, potentially getting an extension soon for Kansas City and um, the NFL draft obviously coming up here in a little over two months. So 
basically, I guess starting off the week, I kind of wrote about the um, media highlights opening opening uh, night of Super Bowl week on Monday. I know we touched a little bit on this last episode, but it's uh it's really interesting to see um, the points being made kind of going into this game, how, uh, you know, what units kind of feel undervalued a little bit. I think the Chiefs defense as a whole is a little bit undervalued and, and you know, rightfully so when when the opposing defense on the other side is San Francisco and the way they've played this year has been um, incredible. But, um, yeah, I think when you look at the Kansas City defense, they're out to prove a point this week. Um, they feel like um, the little little brother kind of in this game and I think they've felt that way most of the season. Uh, but I also think for the Chiefs' side, the offensive line, right, is kind of uh, maybe not undervalued, but, you know, obviously maybe not um, getting the benefit of the doubt just because of the task that they have going up against the San Francisco um, offense or pass rush and defensive line. I mean, um, talk about what they got just on the defensive line with Eric Armstead, Forrest Buckner, uh, D. Ford. Solomon Thomas there as a depth player. Nick Bosa, the rookie. Um, certainly, I mean, it's not a um, you know surprising thing to see uh, the Chiefs' offensive line maybe not getting the benefit of the doubt here. But if the Chiefs can win this game, um, all those doubts or all the people telling them that they can't do it um, won't really matter because they'll have a Super Bowl win to their name. I mean, uh, so it's going to be really interesting. I think the Niners are a little bit undervalued, still in their secondary a little bit, maybe not as completely as much as the Chiefs' defense is. But um, I think there's parts of this Niners' secondary that's going to play pretty well on Sunday. They got a tall task at hand, though, trying to slow down the speed of the Chiefs' receivers and then obviously uh, their ability to, you know, make difficult catches in the middle of the field. So. Um, Richard Sherman's a guy I, I always like watching him play and seeing what he has to say. Um, but you talk about other guys, Jaquiski Tart, um, Emmanuel Mosley, Kwan Williams has really become one of the top slot corners in the game this year. I think the secondary um, is actually uh, part of the 49ers team that I, I think will really do well for the most part on Sunday. I'm not saying they'll shut down the Chiefs offense completely, but I think uh, they're going to surprise some people. So it's just going to be interesting. Some other, um, you know, quotes or media highlights we kind of uh, saw earlier in the week was, um, you know, Andy Reid talking about, you know, how uh, special he, it kind of feels to be, you know, talked about the way he's been talked about right now by his players and some of the media members, you know, how much they want to go out and win this game for him. It's really interesting to see uh, what Andy Reid had to say there, just, you know, feeling special, feeling like, uh, you know, he's he's um, definitely ready for this opportunity, um, you know, having not been to the Super Bowl game in about 15 years. And and I think, you know, he's obviously been really good in his career off the bye, too. I think 23-8 and eight, um, overall in his career, both regular season and postseason. So um, I think Andy Reid's going to be ready. I, I know a lot of people worry about him being – uh, maybe a choke artist or, you know, not a good um, coach for, you know, clock manage it, management. But I think some of that stuff, I, I, I think it's always a little bit overrated. I, I mean, I, I understand it, but uh, the clock management thing, I mean, it, it's I just don't understand as much just because the coaches can't control everything there in the time. I mean, a certain play is the players out on the field um, that are doing, you know, performing in a certain play and, you know, 
if they decide to roll out on a play, it's going to take extra seconds. That's not really the coach's fault. But I think Andy Reid, um, he's going to be ready for this opportunity, and I think he's going to have a lot of tricks up his sleeve. The biggest thing, though, this game compared to the first two playoff games is what will the Chiefs do uh, to start this game offensively? We've seen them have some drops and some slow starts in both playoff games. They were able to come back both times, but I, I think it's a little bit more important here that they get off to a fast start just because San Francisco, uh, once they get rolling, kind of like the Chiefs, obviously, what we've seen in the past, once they get rolling and they get to a certain point where they really feel comfortable, um, it's tough to slow them down. So if the Chiefs can get on the board first or at least you know score to tie it up at seven, if the Niners score first, that's going to be huge. I think you have to get points and probably a touchdown more so than a field goal here. Um, on the first drive of this game. But I think Andy Reid's going to be ready. I think this team is – the preparation is, is what I think is really going to stick out uh, to begin this game on Sunday. Um, and just also, too, I mean, I'll kind of touch, touch on this after the Super Bowl with some articles that I write. I mean, just the fact that how much Kansas City went through this season, I think they're even more built and prepared for this uh, for the Super Bowl game just because – you talk about the Thursday night game in week seven, Patrick Mahomes leaves the game with a knee injury, a dislocated knee. Before we knew what it was from the reports, we all thought the season was over. Um, you know, the Super Bowl dream for this year was gone. Um, you know, Matt Moore, though, is a guy I really hope to write about after the Super Bowl. Um, played really well in the two and a half and really three games that he played in. Uh, led the Chiefs to two wins. That win against the Vikings was one of the best uh, complete team wins of the year, top to bottom, all 60 minutes, going toe-to-toe with that Minnesota defense. They slowed down uh, Dalvin Cook uh, quite a bit, really, compared to what he was doing earlier in the season. And then we saw, um, you know, the only game Matt Moore lost was Sunday night game against the Packers. Um, the Chiefs played pretty well in that one. It was kind of a late fumble and a couple late uh, defensive blunders that really kept the Chiefs from winning that game and beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So Matt Moore did a great job. Uh, you look at others who may not, you know, just get the credit, not because they, they don't deserve it or, you know, people don't think about him. It's just it's hard when you've got so many guys on this team uh, week in and week out that perform the way they do. Another guy I think that um, is going to get a lot of credit here for the player perspective defensively, and we've talked about him a little bit, is defensive lineman Mike Pinnell. Uh, grew up a Chiefs fan from the Topeka area in Kansas, um, you know, so he's a guy that was not brought in until about week, uh, I think it was maybe around week seven, maybe after that game. Um, so he's really only been there half the season, but he's been huge, especially in slowing down the run game. I saw um, a number the other day, since Pennell's been on the team, I think the Chiefs have allowed about 60 less yards per game. Um, in the rushing department. So Mike Pinnell's a guy that um, definitely grew up a Chiefs fan. So he, he is um, definitely the, the kind of guy that fits the energy that the Chiefs fans uh, kind of look forward to seeing on the field. And, and he's a guy that, you know, is, is, has been huge, especially when Chris Jones has been uh, banged up late here and missed the Houston game. So he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to kind of write more about maybe after the, uh, after the Super Bowl game. So there's so many players that I'm going to want to touch on, win or lose on Sunday. Um, and obviously, Brett Beach. I know the uh, Cleveland Browns just hired a new 
general manager. So now he is the youngest GM there in Cleveland in the NFL. But before he was hired, Brett Beach was uh, the youngest GM. And you just look at what he's done since taking over the reins uh, for John Dorsey, who now does not have a job after recently being fired from Cleveland. Uh, Brett Beach, I mean, you talk about just he got the Chiefs out of cap casualty hell and, um, um, you know, did a good job to to really bring in some guys that a lot of other teams kind of wrote off. I mean, Darren Lee, I know, has mostly been a special teamer um, after the first month of the season. You know, defensively, it didn't quite work out what the team was hoping. But still, um, he's been huge. And then you talk about the guys that um, unfortunately have not played in the playoffs because they've both been out with torn pecs. Uh, defensive ends, Alex Okafor and Emmanuel Ogba. I really think Ogba is due uh, for a short extension or was, you know, the way he was playing uh, before he got hurt. He actually led the Chiefs in sacks at one point uh, before he went down. And Okafor, this past offseason, they signed him on a three-year deal. So uh, he's a guy that, that really fits the energy again of what this team wanted to change and mold into defensively with, you know, around Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark. Um, Okafor's a guy that that's, um, you know, moved around a little bit with Arizona and New Orleans and I think was really shining. He got hurt with a really bad ankle injury in that Green Bay game earlier in the season. But those are guys that, you know, even though they're not going to get to enjoy playing on Sunday in the Super Bowl, they, they are two players that um, really helped – get this team to this point in the Super Bowl and uh, help kind of transform the defense. So those those are guys that, that Brett Beach brought in that, again, some other people had kind of wrote off. So uh, Beach has done a great job building this team. I know he's got – I mean, really, when you look at uh, the offseason upcoming, I mean, we'll, again, touch on this a lot more later. The Chiefs are really in an interesting spot with some free agents and, and just the uh, salary cap because now, you know, they got a lot more – wiggle room with their salary cap than they did last offseason or a couple off seasons ago. But you just talk about Chris Jones, hopefully um, upcoming extension, Patrick Mahomes. Is he going to get extended this offseason? We all thought he would, but uh, this week the Chiefs owner Clark Hunt said maybe it would be 12 to 15 months from now. Um, you know, I don't know if it's really that big of a deal at the moment with Mahomes. I mean, whatever he gets, um, it's going to be, kind of setting him for life in Kansas City and and um but but again there's a lot of big decisions coming up with you know Kendall Fuller and um you know just a couple of guys that are a little bit older you know do you restructure say Sammy Watkins or Damian Williams I think Watkins um pay cut is something we've you know talked about a lot over the last year or two and then you know you got uh Laurent Duvernay Tardif the guard from uh, Canada who, you know, I think could be a cap casualty. So it's going to be a really interesting offseason. But I think if you look at what Brett Beach has done over the last two years and just this past offseason, um, there's going to be a lot of trust in him. I don't think there's too much to worry about for the most part. But he's obviously building this team. Another guy helped get uh, the Chiefs to this point. So I really wanted to touch on those guys. And like I said, we'll talk more after the Super Bowl um, about that and and write a little bit more about that for guys like Matt Moore, Alex Okafor, Emmanuel Ogba, and uh, general manager Brett Feach. So kind of moving on now to the other articles I wrote this week. Um, 
I did uh, three key matchups to look forward to on both sides of the ball on Sunday. So I'm going to start off with the Chiefs offense and the uh, 49ers defense. So to begin, I kind of talked about the Chiefs receivers versus the Niners secondary. I touched a little bit ago on the secondary for the Niners. Um, as good as their defense is, I think a lot of people realize it's a good secondary, but I don't think the numbers have stuck out as much as they really should. I mean, again, numbers aren't everything. Um, sometimes they are, you know, misinterpreted. But, um, you know, what's interesting is 20-plus yards down the field, those kind of throws this year, the Niners have only allowed 13 of those completions all season, which is an NFL low. Uh, to put that in perspective, Patrick Mahomes has one more of those throws just for touchdowns this season. So 14 of his touchdowns have been 20-plus yard completions. Um, they're a zone cover, uh, cover three team, so a zone coverage team, which, I mean, Mahomes actually eats up pretty well. I mean, you would think Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator in the 49ers, are going to tweak it a little bit to make it tougher on Mahomes on Sunday. Um but it's 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 a zone coverage team that I think um, plays a little bit tighter than other teams do. So and also during the playoffs lately, uh, the Niners have run a little bit more man coverage. So you know you would assume they're going to double team at least one of Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, or if not both. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's a zone defense, but I think they're going to surprise uh, or try to surprise the Chiefs and tweak some things a little bit. I remember last year, um, I don't know how much you can take away from the game, the 2018 regular season, week three. I was actually at that game at Arrowhead. Um, the Chiefs won that one 38-27, uh, I think it was. Um, it was a game where Patrick Mahomes, I mean, every throw he made, uh, every throw he made looked really easy. I mean, there was so much room for guys like Travis Kelsey or uh, Sammy Watkins Um you know, there was a, a couple big plays down the field that Richard Sherman made uh, some good plays on. But uh, for the most part, there was a lot of room for Patrick Mahomes to fit the ball in uh, between defenders. So, and, and for the most part in that game, too, um, he wasn't hurried or pressured that much. The offensive line did a nice job against uh, the likes of Armstead and Buckner and all those guys. So, um, again, though, seeing Mahomes that game, um, they can kind of take away a little bit from that and see um, what they can do differently this time for the San Francisco defense. Um, again, I mean, Mahomes has changed a lot more this year, but uh, that's going to be something that's really interesting. I think the the thing I'm most looking forward to with the Niners secondary um, is just see how much off coverage they play. They don't really play a lot of uh, press at the line of scrimmage from what I've seen over the last uh, week looking at some video this season. So it's really going to be interesting to see what kind of pass plays the Chiefs are wanted, wanting uh, to dial up. So, um, and I think Sammy Watkins is an underrated guy in this game for the Chiefs receivers. Um, not a big regular season. His uh, playoff playoff uh, performance earlier was actually the most yards he had had since week one against the Jaguars. First time he got a touchdown um, in a long time too. So, Sammy Watkins is a guy I think is a little bit underrated here, especially going up against um, a defense like the Niners if they run a lot of zone coverage like we've seen in the past. Um, another key matchup that I'm kind of looking for for the Chiefs offense versus the 49ers defense is going to be the uh, Chiefs O-line versus the Niners pass rush and defensive line. Again, um, 
the Niners have done a great job prioritizing that that uh, part of the defense uh, early in the NFL draft, and they have four first round picks of their own um, in the last five years that are that are defensive linemen or pass rushers. You got Nick Bosa just this past April was second overall. Uh, Solomon Thomas in 2017, and then DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead are the you know the veterans basically of those uh, first-round picks of theirs. And then, you know, they got D Ford now, who was a former first-round pick as well of the Chiefs. And um, so there's a lot of um, top-prioritized players there uh, near the top of the drafts. And I was kind of looking the other day at some more video and and uh, just the way the Niners rushed the passer, especially the way they did it some in the NFC Championship game against the Packers was really interesting um, they they do a good job of moving pre-snap just before the ball is snapped and and being able to uh, to really fool the offensive linemen because you don't know which way they're rushing. Um, they don't really have a lot of um, pressure in each gap. It's just more kind of making the offensive linemen move laterally and backwards uh, to the point where the quarterback is almost uh, in line with the offensive linemen, and and it's it's really interesting to see how they rush the passer. They do a lot of uh, you know whipping around and and switching um, there on the defensive line. So um, it's going to be really interesting. Again, I think Chiefs' offensive line, uh, just because of the matchup, maybe not because of how they perform, they're not really getting uh, the benefit of the doubt right now. But I think um, again, if they can perform like they did last year against the Niners, they're going to be just fine. Um, and again, um, the offensive line gets helped out a little bit with Patrick Mahomes' um, ability to, you know, scramble and extend plays. So that helps too because with that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, uh, his sack per pass attempt numbers are lower just because of his ability to extend the plays. I think he's got, he's averaging about a, a sack per 29 pass attempts maybe. I think that's what I saw uh, so far this season. So um he has not been sacked much or hurried much in the uh, in the playoffs. Houston did not sack him at all. I think Tennessee got one or two at least, maybe even three um, sacked. So that's going to be a huge matchup. And obviously, if they're able to get a lot of pressure on Mahomes, I mean, this Niners team is going to probably start to feel pretty comfortable. So this is going to go a long way in determining how the game is played. Um, most games in the NFL are won in the trenches. So um, it's, it's going to be important for you know, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher to perform the way we know they can. The interior offensive linemen for the Chiefs um, haven't been quite as impressive all year long, but during the playoffs, I think they've performed really well. I think one guy that's been beneficial to the Chiefs there uh, is Stefan Wisniewski. He got um, a spot in the starting role just because Andrew Wiley got hurt late in the regular season, and Wisniewski really impressed. Obviously, he played with Andy Re- or for Andy Reid before, um, in Philadelphia. So he's a guy that won a Super Bowl a couple years ago when the Eagles won it uh, with Nick Foles. So um, I think when you look into this game, he's he's going to be an underrated guy there on the interior. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that matchup plays out. And one other thing I got to throw out there again, I know I've wrote about it a few times. Um, when Eric Fisher has been in the lineup this season, the Chiefs have not lost a game. Um, when he was out with injury for parts of the year, um, with a groin injury or a core muscle injury, whatever it was, um, the offensive line went through, or the offense went through some lapses. They were settling for so many field goals, especially 
uh, in the red zone. So Eric Fisher, um, he's been back for a while now, but I saw something actually he said earlier um, in the week just a couple of days ago. The division round game against Houston was actually the first game where he felt like 100%. So he's he had been back for about, um, you know, for about a month, month and a half before that. But um, it took him a while to get back to 100% after having surgery, again, for uh, core muscle injury. So um, Eric Fisher has been very important to this team. It's taken him a long time to gain uh, Chiefs fans' respect. But I think people saw earlier in the year just how bogged down the uh, Chiefs' offense can become without Eric Fisher at left tackle. So um, the offensive line versus the Niners' pass rush, that's going to be huge. And um, I kind of cheated back to the Chiefs' receivers a little bit in my third and final key matchup here for the Chiefs' offense versus the Niners' B. I think speed versus speed is going to be huge because the Niners' defense – I think they're one of the fastest in the league, and it's not just at the pass rush and defensive line. It's all three levels. I mean, um, being able to find the linebackers that they have, obviously, Quan Alexander, we saw what he did with the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, but, um, you know, he was brought in as a free agent. They drafted Fred Warner, who I really, really like, out of uh, BYU a couple of years ago, and then um, rookie out of Arkansas, Dre, uh, Dre Greenlaw. He's done a really good job. He had that huge stop in the Week 17 game at Seattle, which um, if it wasn't for his stop, I don't know if the Niners would be in the Super Bowl right now, or um, at least they wouldn't have had home field advantage. So his stop there, um, which held Seattle tight end Jacob Hollister uh, short of the goal line by about four inches, uh, was so huge. And, And he's done a done a good job. I was kind of surprised looking back at some of his games earlier in the year, um, how well he's done in pass coverage. Juan um, Alexander and, and Fred Warner, I knew, were both pretty good as pass coverage linebackers, but Greenlaw's not uh, too far behind. So they're very fast um, going sideline to sideline and running downhill to make plays. Um, so I think the speed on all three levels of the Niners defense, it's going to be really, really uh, interesting to see what the Chiefs offense kind of uh, thinks about that, how they try to counteract that. It's going to be really fun to see. So that was kind of the last matchup that I'm really looking for, a little bit more of a, an element of each side's games besides an actual matchup. And then moving on to the Chiefs defense versus the 49ers offense for three key matchups. Um, I also went with the pass rush versus offensive line here. I think the Niners offensive line has done pretty well, and, and they're also pretty healthy right now. Their center's been out for most of the year with an injury, but uh, Ben Garland, who was with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta when they blew the 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Patriots, um, he was with Shanahan in that game, and now he's back with them in a Super Bowl here. He's, uh, he's done a pretty good job learning in the system. Uh, former Chief guard Mike Person has also grown in their system a little bit. And then there are two offensive tackles, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle um, and the veteran Joe Staley at left tackle um, have played really well. So Staley is one of those guys, those veterans that everybody remembers his name, I think, but he, he kind of gets forgotten about a little bit uh, for how well he has played. And and obviously it's taken a while, uh, a while for the Niners to get back to uh, – being a dominant team as well, but I mean, Staley's been there so long, 
um, former Central Michigan player. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to see how they play, um, especially against the likes of Frank Clark, Chris Jones, uh, Tano Passanio, Terrell Suggs, too. Um, Clark obviously has been talking a big game, but I think um, he actually believes he can back it up. And he did against the Titans in the AFC Championship game when he, you know, had the words that he had to say about Derrick Henry. And, um, you know, I, I think when you look at him, um, he's he's obviously a foremost, former Seahawk, so he knows the 49ers offensive line pretty well, too. Um, I saw one play he had uh, last year against McGlinchey, the right tackle, um, where he just ran him over and he pushed him down with ease. So I think Frank Clark is really going to be the guy that I, I think is going to come through the most, actually, out of all the Chiefs pass rushers. Um, and, and also during the playoffs, he has the most sacks of any player in the NFL postseason. So um, it took a while for him to get to the point where we thought he would be early in the season, but he was playing hurt most of uh, the first half of the year with elbow injuries, neck injuries. He had a stomach virus, uh, missed a couple of games even. So, But I, I, I really think Frank Clark is going to be the guy that's going to come through the most probably um, for this Chiefs defensive line and pass rush. And not really from a pass rush standpoint, but Chris Jones is also going to be important in this game uh, because if, if the Niners shut him down, uh, that's going to be crucial for the Niners offense to get rolling, especially in the running game. Um, I would not be surprised to see the Niners try to run the ball right at Chris Jones and see if he can stop it multiple times. Um, but the biggest thing is for pass rushing downs, Jones um, can get by an offensive lineman so easily with the swim move is what he usually uses. We saw in the AFC Championship game, the game he returned you know, from an injury, so he's only playing about 40% of the snaps, 45% of the snaps, and uh, he was mostly in on pass rush situations. So, you know, being able to uh, to have him in this game, um, if the Niners slow him down at all, that's going to be huge uh, for the rest of the Chiefs' front seven to kind of pick it up and, uh, um, you know, for the Niners' running game maybe to get rolling a little more as well, try to take more time off the clock. Um, but I think Chris Jones will do a good job. He's he's the kind of player that in these moments shows up pretty much most of the time. So, um, But overall, the pass rush and the defensive line, there's some underrated guys on the D-line that we talked about earlier, Mike Pinnell, and then Tano Passanio easily has had his best season um, since being drafted by the Chiefs in 2017. So I'm really, really excited to see that matchup. Again, the trenches matchups, for each side, I think it's going to be really important, obviously, in, in uh, who gets the win here. Um, another matchup I had to watch for for the Chiefs defense versus the 49ers offense is more of a player versus player one-on-one rather than a unit uh, versus another unit is Tyron Matthew versus versus uh, George Kittle. Tyron Matthew is smaller safety at five foot nine. Um, George Kittle's definitely... Probably one of the toughest tight ends to tackle and bring down when the ball's in his hands. Uh, does not mean that Tyron Matthews is going to be matched up with George Kittle for the entirety of the game. He may not even be matched up with him a lot, but I think if he is matched up with him, this is a matchup to keep an eye on just because Tyron Matthew, um, he's had su- uh, success against bigger uh, bodied receivers or even tight ends this season um, or taller, lankier receivers. So, He's a guy that uh, that that can really show up big in this game, 
and uh, you know come through in a way that I think uh, a lot of people are expecting him to. Tyron Matthews obviously been a huge addition to this team, um, and I think he's a guy. We talked about the preparation earlier. Um, we we know that Tyron Matthews is going to be prepared for anything, so I think we could see him matched up a lot with George Kittle. Kittle's tough to defend as a route runner just because the kind of offense that the 49ers run, you don't really know what to expect from Kittle. Sometimes, you know, he's running a crossing route and it turns into a wheel route. It takes a while to develop, but um, the way he runs his routes, uh, Kittle, it, it's it's tough, right, to know exactly what he's going to do. Um, you know, sometimes he's a little more subtle with his routes, but usually he's moving at 100 miles per hour. and um, Jimmy Garoppolo will see it and and see what advantages he has. I mean, Kittle has not had a huge postseason, has not caught a lot of balls, but um, for the most part, right? I think this is this is probably one of the top guys the Chiefs defense is going to have to slow down in this game, and it's going to be George Kittle. So Tyron Matthews, a guy that I think will be counted on a lot in that situation, and we'll see uh, what he's able to do there. And then the third and final matchup that I wrote about uh, to kind of watch for here for the Chiefs defense versus the 49er offense is going to be the Chiefs front seven versus the running game of San Francisco. I'm expecting Raheem Mostert to probably handle the bulk of the workload for San Francisco. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, he, he had looked like a dislocated or separated shoulder suffered in the NFC championship game. We'll see um, how healthy he is. I, I, I would expect him to probably be active at least, even if he doesn't play a lot. But obviously, it can be a three-headed monster um, of a running game for the 49ers because uh, Mostert's the guy that's really rolling right now. Um, very good out in space. But then you got Tevin Coleman, the veteran, and then Matt Breida, who's been with the Niners a couple of years. Uh, Breida's not got much action, but if the Niners do use him, um, I would expect him to be the guy that can run in between the tackles and then try to bust it outside for a big game. So, you know, just knowing uh, what situation it is is going to be huge for the Chiefs front seven here. Um, you know, there was a play in the NFC Championship game where it was third down and the Niners were in shotgun and they did a trap play to Raheem Mostert and, um, you know, really caught the Packers off guard, especially because Green Bay was blitzing on that play. Um, instead, it was a wide open hole in the left side of the line and, and Mostert ran wild and you know, he had 220 rushing yards in the NFC Championship game, four touchdowns. So Mostert's a guy that should probably be getting uh, the bulk of the workload based off what we've seen and uh, kind of expect going into this one. But again, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida um, are not going to be much easier to slow down. The running game is um, really rolling right now for San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan has designed the you know, run really well. And obviously the son of Mike Shanahan, it's not a surprise that he's such a good uh, run play designer. Um, for me personally, I, I, I just think this, this part of this game, the Niners aren't going to be afraid, obviously, to run it a lot. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of playing in a shootout just as well as any quarterback in the league. But I think obviously the Niners, I mean, they only passed it, what, eight times in the NFC championship game. So um, don't be surprised, obviously, if the Niners continue to try to run. I mean, the Chiefs defense uh, going into the AFC championship game heard time after time that you can't stop the run, you can't stop the run. But they held Derrick Henry to 69 yards. So 
both both sides are confident in this matchup. Um, I I just really really think we're gonna see the Niners um, do what they did early in the NFC Championship game and try to you know pound the rock as much as they can. Um, going back to Kyle Shanahan, another video I was kind of watching earlier this week is just how Shanahan kind of helps out his offensive linemen out in space on these sweep runs uh, to the outside. You know, he he kind of makes it easier on the offensive linemen not being, um, not forcing them really to have to run out in space and, uh, you know, take on the outside blockers. It's a really, really interestingly designed uh, offensive line blocking scheme there on those sweep runs. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, that's kind of the final matchup that I was looking forward to for the Chiefs defense versus the 49ers offense. Um, if you have not checked it out yet, I was uh, – joined uh Kyle Senra for the Full Press Packers podcast uh earlier this week and also kicking it with Keeler with Ricky Keeler. So you guys can check out um some more things I had to say there um with FPC 49ers managing editor Ryan Adverderada. So um you know I really really uh, was interested to see what things Ryan had to say um you know and and a lot of things I agree with him with. So go check those out for for more previews, but um, as for some final preview things, I think going into this one again, I think um, I think this is not just going to be a game where the Niners try to have a lot of long drives. I think we're going to see it with the Chiefs. I mean, um, I think we're going to see the Chiefs really, really utilize um, a lot of aggressive tactics, but still not necessarily push the ball down the field until they know it's the right time. Um, you know, just taking what's given to them, kind of like what we saw last year in the regular season game uh, against San Francisco at Kansas City. So it's really going to be interesting. And then I think Andy Reid, right, seeing what he has cooked up for this game and Eric Bieniemy too. People don't realize how much plays Eric Bieniemy actually calls, especially in the second half, um, right? I still can't believe he didn't get a head coaching job. But, but again, this is a guy um, I think has really, really grown just this year too as an offensive coordinator compared to where he was last year. Um, and then Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, I think you look at what the Chiefs defense is going to try to do in this game. I think they're going to try to blitz a lot, um, especially in obvious pass down situations. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, at times this year has had very little time to throw um, in certain games and big games where even ones they've lost. And um, again, I think Garoppolo is very capable of having a good game. Uh, he's capable of winning in a shootout, dragging his team over the finish line. But it is interesting to see the more times he's thrown in games this season, his numbers have not quite been um, near the best in completion percentage or um, you know just efficiency. And again, I mean, that's probably pretty obvious when your numbers uh, go up. For the most part, um, it is going to be a lower completion percentage than, than if you were to throw fewer passes in the NFL. But um, it's really interesting, I think, when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, if he faces a lot of pressure, uh, this game is going to become very, very dangerous, I think, for the 49ers offense. They're going to have to start uh, taking shots down the field. They're going to have to be a little more aggressive and maybe be taken off their game a little bit. So I think we'll see a lot of blitzes and obvious pass-down situations early from Steve Spagnola. And the thing that he does well, you know, he's not afraid to put guys on the same side of the line of scrimmage. Um, he's not afraid to call defensive 
uh, back blitz calls either. I mean, you can see Tyron Matthew blitzing, Rashad Breeland, um, the rookie Rashad Fenton, or even Daniel Sorensen. So I, I really think we're going to see a lot of blitzing from Spagnuolo early. But again, what I'm expecting kind of for the Niners, run, run, uh, using the run game a lot and, and often, especially early. Um, and I think defensively for the Niners, Right, I think they're going to try to tweak up some things with zone coverage, but I, I, um, I actually don't think they're going to blitz as much as what people think. Um, you know, they might blitz a little, but um, I think we won't really see them try to utilize a lot of blitz calls until later in the game, depending on the uh, situation, how the game starts, where we're at in the second half. That's kind of what I'm expecting uh, for my just kind of thinking final thoughts there for offense and defense. Um, you know, I, I really think this is going to be a fun game. Again, very, very exciting, likable teams, a lot of fun personalities, both with the players and the coaches. Um, you know, I I, I, uh, I just can't wait to see how this game plays out on Sunday. Um, you know, Miami, uh, the city and the field, you know, the videos and pictures I've seen this week have looked amazing. So it's going to be a fun day on Sunday. Um, I'll have one final article come out. Um, on the same day that I'm recording this here, um, just kind of a final game preview, uh, what I'm looking forward to there. So that should be out later on today on Friday, um, about the time this should be out or before this is out. So uh, stay tuned for that. And um, obviously we will have a lot more Super Bowl coverage still this weekend. I think uh, I'm going to try to uh, get together with, um, you know, um, the rest of the FPC staff uh, kind of previewing the game on Sunday morning, giving our final thoughts there. Um, and we'll see how the game plays out on Sunday. Um, for the podcast and article-wise, I mean, obviously we'll have some final Super Bowl wrap-up coverage early next week, but then it's going to be uh, kind of starting to dive into the off-season stuff, draft profiles for the 2020 NFL draft. We'll start doing those uh, free agency pieces and and just talking about other certain parts in general of the season, like we said earlier, uh, that helped lead the Chiefs to this point of playing on Super Bowl Sunday. So, again, it's uh first time in 50 years the Chiefs are playing in a Super Bowl game. They have one Super Bowl championship so far. They're hoping to make it two on Sunday. Uh, I can't wait to see how the game plays out and can't wait to be back here for our next episode on Tuesday to talk about the game um, so yeah, stay tuned to Full Press Coverage Chiefs and FullPressCoverage.com. You guys can follow me on Twitter uh, at eBearCat9, all one word, lowercase, uh, the number nine. And uh, yeah, check out the other shows. Like I said, Picking It with Keeler and the Full Press Packers podcast for the Super Bowl previews, me and Ryan Adverderada. Um, a lot of good insight there. We had a lot of fun doing those. So please check those out. And again, stay tuned. Full Press Coverage Chiefs, fullpresscoverage.com, and I will see you guys next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.